0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Good morning animal lovers everywhere and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM I'm your host Marie Hewlett and as always I thank you for tuning in. I've got a fabulous guest lineup today. First on our schedule will be a firecracker of an animal rescuer who is working hard to start a new sanctuary in the Los Angeles area that she's hoping will be the key to ending euthanasia in our local shelters. It's Linda Carell and she is traveling everywhere trying to rally support and funds to make this all possible. Then, after our halftime break, animal behaviorist Steve Applebaum will be making a return trip to our show to help folks who adopted new pets during the holidays overcome some common pet behavior issues. This is about the time of year that many folks start relinquishing pets that were received during the holidays because these animals are developing undesirable habits. Every pet can learn how to behave, they just need to know what's expected of them. Steve can definitely help with that. So keep your radio set to KJAZZ 88.1 FM, and we'll get started after a quick message from the station. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and joining me now is Linda Carell, the founder of L.A. for Animals. Good morning, Linda. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, and I'm so excited to speak with you. We tried to catch up with you a couple weeks ago, but you've been out on a mission to start a sanctuary here locally in Southern California.
2: Yeah, I. Um, you know, I. I've been wanting to do it for a while, and I really believe that L.A desperately needs uh, a large sanctuary or a a foster facility or somewhere where we can take the animals that are, um, you know, because of overcrowding, um, uh, the ones that uh, are going down, and Mm -hmm. bring them here to a place where we can rehabilitate and groom and vet and socialize. And then get them adopted out and give them the time that they need uh, to get a home.
1: That's such a wonderful, wonderful thing that you're doing. Tell me the process, everything that you have to go through to start a sanctuary. That's a huge undertaking.
2: Well, you know, I went to Best Friends and I took a week-long course called How to Start an Animal Sanctuary. Oh, cool. And that was awesome because I saw what they did and how they got started and you know the things that they recommend and they they do such great work and um, but it's not only the sanctuary we're we're really addressing a lot of the things that are needed. I basically have done research for the past couple years of the um, shelters in LA and which need help and what the problems are uh, with overcrowding and um, getting the word out to the public so that the public can be part of the solution. That's great. There's so many people that don't even know that there's a problem with overcrowding. You know, I go out with my little table and talk to the public, and um, more people need to understand what's going on so that we can get more help to – To solve the problem. So that's something else we're doing is putting the word out and, uh, you know, getting some of the Hollywood celebrities involved because the cameras follow them and we want them to vocalize what's going on and urge the public for support.
1: That's very cool. I know a lot of people really enjoy hearing the viewpoints of celebrities, and there are so many celebrities out there who are huge animal advocates. And I'm wondering, who so far has uh, come on board with your program? Oh,
2: okay. The first person who endorsed us was Sharon Osbourne.
1: Oh, she's fun.
2: (laughs) Yeah. she. you know, and a lot of times in Hollywood people people have to wait and see, like, well, who else is supporting before they'll – Sharon said, I'm all for it. You know, um, I'm all for this group that wants to unify the community and create the resources needed to create cr- to create humane animal care.
1: Ah, that's wonderful.
2: Yeah, and it's not just you know LA for Animals is about LA because we because of uh, you know our statistics here and our shelters, we've got people from all over the world rescuing from LA shelters and this is such an incredible metropolis, and we've got so many resources like the Celebrity. Um, I figured, hey, let's really get everybody on board and really tackle this and show them that in and around the city of angels, we are angels. So so then um, Woody Harrelson. Oh, nice. Ellen DeGeneres and Portia.
1: I know they're big animal advocates. Mm, Yeah. That's wonderful.
2: And uh, Bill Maher, who just... uh, uh, did a PSA for us. He filmed ah, a little... Very cool. Yeah. So, Where can we
1: see the PSA?
2: Um, that's a good question. Uh, because of people's schedules, we're just taking a couple of lines and then in, then put that away, and then whenever we can get, you know, the next person, uh, we're waiting to hear about George Clooney. And, you know, these are the things that... Um, take time so as soon as it's done we'll release it and we'll try to get it seen by as many people as possible because basically they're going to be saying join us in being part of the solution and helping the homeless pets of our communities
1: oh that's wonderful and and if you don't mind i'd like to add to that message because so often people blame the shelters for this problem and, and actually, they're not the problem at all. The problem all boils down to irresponsible pet ownership. People allow their pets to reproduce season after season. They don't have them spayed or neutered. They don't give them basic training. So when they develop bad habits, they'll just say, oh, this is a bad pet. I can't keep it anymore, and they'll get rid of it. Absolutely. Or if their pets get sick and they can't afford it, they don't know where they could turn for resources, for help, and again, that's another reason why they'll show up at an animal shelter and and literally dump it, or they'll have a new baby, and for some reason Mm -hmm. they think, oh, pets and babies aren't a good mix, Mm -hmm. and yet again, the poor animal ends up in the shelter, and then the shelters end up being the bad guys because they have thousands and thousands of these animals that have been irresponsibly relinquished, Mm -hmm. and nobody coming in to adopt them. It's well, so yeah. hard. So many yeah. people think you can't get a, a decent pet at a shelter, and that couldn't be further oh from the truth. Oh my God!
2: Boy, is that wrong. I there's Shih Tzus. There's Yorkies. There are amazing uh, animals in the shelters. You know, when people started losing their homes to foreclosure, they were just leaving their pets. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something: in the Los Angeles area, Orange County. It's like a dog show in the Mm -hmm. shelters.
1: Absolutely. And And even the mixed breed animals make the most fabulous pets. I love the mixed breed dogs. They're cute.
2: Absolutely. But for the people who do think that they have to go to a breeder, Mm -hmm. that is so 20th century. (laughs) That is no longer the case. It's actually quite um, the opposite. Right. Uh, if someone wants, let's say someone wants a specific breed, and uh, well I don't want to go to the shelter, go to a breed rescue, look up Google uh, Maltese Rescue or German Shepherd Rescue or Rottweiler Rescue, and the rescues already do the work for you. They comb a lot of shelters and take that breed mm-hmm. so that you've got a selection. You don't have to go to the shelter and there 's nothing wrong with going to the shelter, but if you do want a specific breed sometimes it 's easier to uh, to well a lot of the times it 's easier to to uh, to go to a breed rescue
1: absolutely, but you can also most shelters these days have websites and list all of the pets that they have available and another great resource. Which you're probably aware of, Linda, is Petfinder.com, where you can just put in the breed that you want, the location that you're in, yeah. the distance you're willing to travel, and boom, you get pages of pets that fit your parameters. Yeah, that was I,
2: actually the founder is Betsy Stahl, and I, I, and she's been really supportive. She's seen me kind of, you know, uh, start the foundation, and 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 uh, I've still got a long way to go but she's been really supportive uh, emotionally and and little emails like you know you're doing great and she uh she saw a need and she created it and this is a great way for people to find the the pet that they want it's like you said it's all they just it's almost like a mail order like yep. uh, what do I want okay and you punch it in and there there they are so absolutely there's so many ways and something else that we're doing is education in the
1: school oh wonderful
2: yeah and and giving them the tools the kids the tools and then they bring it home to their parents Um, uh, low-cost they neuter in their area how uh, the rescues in the area the different um, pet finder and places you know so when it's time for the kid to want a pet they won't go to the pet store. Right. The humane pet store. Mhm. And
1: but- and they'll grow up to be responsible pet owners. I I I'm a little bit cynical, but I've kind of lost faith in in the adults of our world. I think people don't change, but I have complete confidence in the next generation to make a difference and to turn things around and to put id Tags on their pets and to, to get their pets microchipped, to have their pets spayed or neutered, to remember that pet ownership is a lifetime commitment, exactly. all that stuff that, you know, you and I completely agree on, but, but so many of the adults in our community just have no concept of, they have well, no that's value. That's another
2: reason why Hollywood, I think, is so important. The directors, the writers, I mean, we can, we can get these issues written into TV shows we can, uh, you know, get multimedia to go out there and start to alter people's consciousness. And, uh, you know, for instance, the the whole spay-neuter thing and the guys might go, well, I'm not, you know, doing that to my dog. Yeah. You know, like it's a macho thing.
3: But and they cross
1: their legs.
2: <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> it's not happening to you. No worries. Um but if we can kind of change that mindset, like I think um, I mentioned to you about a poster that I, I actually borrowed from a pack nine one one in Arizona, and it's of this really macho guy, and he's bending down with his pit bull, and it says "Real man, Spay Neuter," and it's that type of multimedia that's going to alter the consciousness so that people get it. That's great, you know, and so. I mean, there's so much to do, but if we can get more people to just, if we get a lot of people to just do a little bit, you know,
1: that's the way we can win. A little bit at a time. Linda, what's your website before I let you go? www.la4animals.com And are you on Facebook also?
2: Yes, la it's actually on Facebook, L.A. and the spelled out 4animals. Oh, okay. Good to know. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, Linda, I love your enthusiasm, and I have a feeling with your energy, you're going to make oh. some very positive changes for the animals in the Los Angeles area shelters. It's up to
2: all of us who care, all of you people out there. We all have to do something. It's a moral crisis that's going on, so let's let's be there for, for our uh, furry friends.
1: Absolutely, and thanks again for being on the program. Thank you so much. It's time to take a quick break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with more of the Pet Place on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ, 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is one of my favorite animal behaviorists. It's Steve Applebaum from Animal Behavior College. Good morning, Steve. How are you today? Good
3: morning. I'm doing very well. How about yourself, and Happy New Year? Oh,
1: Happy New Year to you, too. Hey, I know that a lot of folks have... Adopted pets over the holidays, over the holiday break, and now the honeymoon period is over and some of these animals are starting to show some behaviors that are potentially causing people to have second thoughts and turn their animals into shelters. And I want to make sure we prevent that from happening. So let's talk about some of the typical problems people face when they first get a pet.
3: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. There are more pets um, obtained, uh, more and more through adoption these days, which is great, in the month of December than the rest of the year combined. Wow. So you're absolutely right. With all the holiday puppies, right around now is when the honeymoon period, if not ending, is certainly getting a little bit frayed.
0: Absolutely.
3: Uh, really important to understand is, is that most of these behaviors are treatable and absolutely normal. You know, think of uh, puppies especially as being not dissimilar to little children, two-year-old children, Mm -hmm. in that they are in a natural explorative period, don't have hands, (laughs) and are pretty mobile.
1: And they Which use their mouth um, to discover the world. They use their mouth to discover the world and their sharp little puppy teeth.
3: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, you think about little kids and even some adults, how much they you know, when they're when they're exploring a new environment they touch everything. Mm-hmm. Well, with dogs, because you're absolutely right, they don't have hands, most everything goes in the mouth. Yep. That coupled with the fact that young puppies are also teething and fine chewing is a way of alleviating the discomfort naturally that occur that naturally occurs with teething and you have little chewing machines uh, up until about well it varies but typically at least until six to eight months of age and some dogs can go much longer than that
1: i know some of the larger breeds will will be chewing on things up until they're about two years old i had a german shepherd that i had from a puppy who actually chewed up six bare root fruit trees that I had planted in my backyard in about five minutes.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing how much damage some of the dogs can do. I, I've seen dogs that have caused, and it's no exaggeration, an excess of $30,000 worth of damage in oh, a single home. yikes. You, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, very, very, very uh, uh, sophisticated taste on the part of the dog. <laughs> uh, They'll <laughs> chew uh, beautiful antique oriental rugs oh, and couches. And, <laughs> so what do you do to,
1: to curb that behavior? How do you redirect?
3: Um, the best thing to understand about quote-unquote problem chewing is that you are not going to stop the dog from chewing. This is something that's just going to have to naturally work its way through. But that doesn't mean you have to tolerate the dog chewing on your household items. What it means is is you need to focus the dog very strongly on chewing the correct things. And here's where you start to run into some confusion and some challenges. Um, A lot of people will look at the kinds of things the dogs like to chew and give the dog similar type objects. So, you know, I've seen I've seen pet parents that give their dogs old shoes. Here, chew on this shoe and leave mine alone.
1: Oh
2: no! Um, you know, they
3: take rags, uh, 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 you know, washcloths, things like that, mm-hmm. and uh, and and give them that. Play tug of war with them with these things. Put them in the freezer, um, and then when they give it to them, because it's a little cooler. Uh, it, it actually helps alleviate the uh, the pain from teething, which is actually a good idea. But if you give the dog fabric and say, here, chew this fabric, but don't chew that fabric, it becomes very confusing to the dog. Huh.
0: So you want to
3: avoid giving the dog the wrong kinds of things, uh, right types of things. Uh, products like... Um, and, and there are many products out there, but uh, Kong is a great, uh, a great interactive play slash chew toy. Oh yeah, you uh, can fill some of those it.
1: up with peanut butter too. Yes,
3: yes, peanut butter, uh, cheese whiz, even little, little tiny dog biscuits. So that when they roll the Kong, the uh, the, the biscuits fall out, or the little uh, treats fall out on the floor, which can keep the dog occupied for hours. You can use products like Nylabone or bone. Uh, these are uh, hard plastic items that, uh, once the dog gets used to chewing, he can spend or she can spend days chewing on the bone. Really, the bottom line with chewing is if you can get the dog to chew on the right things, okay, sixty or seventy percent more than he or she does right now. Logically, they're going to chew on the wrong things, sixty or seventy percent less.
0: So, <laughs> okay,
3: you know that's that's the that first. That makes step. sense. You know, yeah. that and not giving the dog complete unfettered access to the house right away.
1: Right. They you know, you wouldn't do that with a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And
3: it's, it's very important to supervise.
0: Mm-hmm. So that
3: this way, if the dog does start gnawing on the wrong things, you can gently distract the dog and redirect the behavior by handing her the correct item. And okay. over time, this will work itself out.
0: Now,
1: how about barking? What do you do? I know the holidays are over, all that time off that you had from work, suddenly you have to go back and leave your dog alone and bark, 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 bark all day long, driving the neighbors crazy. What do you yeah. do about that?
3: Um, you know, barking uh, barking can be caused by a number of factors. Um, and it's really important to try to get a sense as to what it is that's causing the behavior. So if, for example... You, you, you're, hearing, you're hearing from the neighbors, the barking is only occurring when you're not around. Uh, from what you can tell, there isn't really much going on in the neighborhood that's different when you're gone than when you're home.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: obviously, if there's construction across the street when you're gone all day, you know, that's, a, that's a completely different circumstance than just the dog runs around out in the yard and is bored mm-hmm. and starts to bark. Okay. So when you're dealing with boredom behavior, the key there is to give the dog other things to do. So again, you know you can give the dog interactive play toys that she only gets when you're gone, so that this way you know she can be, she can be kept occupied with that kind of thing okay. um, i mean' that's a, that's, a, that's a really good way, um, depending on the dog and the circumstance, you know a lot of times what happens is is that people put their dogs out in the backyard during the day, and the dogs are essentially isolated out there all day long and you know it's a safe I'm, I'm assuming the yard is safe so You know, there's shade, so it's not not a dangerous situation for the dog, but the dog quickly learns to associate being stuck in the yard with your departure and isolation, and it's not a positive association for the dog, and that, in dogs, can sometimes manifest itself into some form of action. In that regard, they're really not that much different than we are, Mm -hmm. it's just... What The behaviors are different. I mean, obviously, when people are stressed, they don't generally bark, but they they may act out in other ways. A lot of times, very unconsciously, Mm -hmm. dogs are very much the same way. So some dogs will dig under those circumstances. Some will jump the fence. Others will bark. Others will chew. So there are a couple of keys there. Aside from giving the dog other things to do, you want to start to change the association with being left in the yard. If possible, consider a dog door. Um, if you're worried about the dog having full access to the house when you're gone, and with young puppies, this is perhaps something that's a valid concern. Sure. Consider an exercise pen, um, or even a, a you know one of the old very uh, kennels, you know a, a, a wire mesh or a plastic kennel that can be put on the inside portion of the dog door, which then allows the dog access to a very very small portion of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as full access to the yard, as crazy as it sounds, some dogs are far less stressed even if they can go into the house and just have three or four feet you know that 's where an x pen is by the by the uh, by the dog door
1: oh that's that's um, great advice
3: yeah i mean that can be that can be extremely helpful. Also, not making the backyard just the place of banishment. If this is where you leave the dog during the day and, and that's you know just something that you have to do, make it a point to go out in the yard when you're home and play with the dog out there. Maybe do some basic obedience out there. Change the association so the dog isn't automatically connected just with being left alone. And that will go far towards eliminating stress-type barking, boredom-type barking. Again, with boredom, you want to give the dog other things to... Uh, to do out there Um, you know other types of barking a lot of times it's really just a matter of teaching the dog when it's appropriate and when it isn't and it's here that you run into a bit of ambivalence and inconsistency on the part of a lot of pet parents Um, you know it's okay for the dog to bark at the front door and maybe at the front gate but you don't want the dog going on for you know five minutes
1: well, how do you so, let a dog know that there's good barking and bad barking? So if somebody shows up at the door and the dog alerts you and right. you praise them for that,
3: how do you get them
1: to stop barking at that point?
3: Um, you know, at that point, that's really where obedience comes in. Um, you will probably find that if if you take the dog through you know, obedience classes or work with a trainer privately, to teach the dog to respond to your cues so that when you tell the dog to sit and to stay and to come and to lay down and the dog learns to do it consistently regardless of distractions which will take you know a number of months to get that level of control you know typically you can take four five six months to get that level of control but as the dog learns to respond to your cues it will be much easier to give a a cue or a command like no when the dog barks beyond what you've considered okay and have a realistic expectation that the dog is going to listen to it. Um, And that's really what it boils down to. Okay. Also, consistency on the part of the family. It can't be okay for the dog to bark uh, a certain amount of time with some people, but less or more time with other family members. Otherwise, you're giving the dog a very mixed message.
1: That's completely true. Steve, let's get your website out before I let you go, and and thank you for being on the show again. It's
3: always a pleasure. What's your website? the website is animalbehaviorcollege.com.
1: Wonderful. Well, we need to take a very quick break, but when we return, be ready for pet place news and events here on KJazz 88.1 FM. <music> We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Having a pet is a lot like having toddlers that never grow up, and they can definitely get into some dangerous and life-threatening predicaments. That's why I always recommend that pet parents take pet first aid and CPR training classes. Of course, veterinarians are the experts, but they're rarely around when something happens and we need them in an emergency like inducing vomiting for poison, stopping bleeding, dealing with an upset stomach, or even a bee sting bringing down a pet's body temperature, or rescue breathing and CPR. You can learn all of this and more in Pet First Aid classes being offered on January 19th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Positively Elegant, located at 1525 North Placentia Avenue, Suite I in Placentia. For more information, visit www.sunnydoginc.com. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. You can also like us on Facebook. You'll find us listed as Pet Place Radio. Well, that's all for me today. Remember... Pets need love and a home too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the pet place here on KJAZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day.